Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited podcast where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that hits the local theater. This time around, though, we're not entering the theater. We're going to the orphanage, baby. We got orphanage first kill. And as a special bonus, we, we pre-gamed. This is a, a, the new segment of the Orphan franchise, which is just two movies. And we also watched the first one, so we'll be getting you all caught up. Uh, our movie masters today, we got Justine. Yeah. Brent. Yes. Dylan. Hello, everybody. We are in the orphanage, because we just watched two goddamn orphan movies in a row. Yeah. Well, actually, we're in a like really nice house. Which is where the orphan goes yeah. every time they get adopted. It's technically a fucking castle, those two houses. She lives in a castle in both movies. <laughs> they portray a very slanted view of uh, uh, adoption, I think. Anyway, so the first orphan <laughs> mo- movie that came out in 2009, which I had never seen prior to this, because we got the notification, hey, movie masters, we need you. We need you to watch Orphan uh, First Kill, to which I said, all right, but I got to see the, the first movie before I see the prequel to the movie. Um, if your movie theater is not playing Orphan First Kill, I think it's barely in the theaters. It's really going to be thought of as more of like a Paramount Plus streaming movie because it is going straight to Paramount Plus. Um, but for whatever reason, also in the theaters. So we were there. And uh, also streaming on Paramount Plus is the first Orphan movie, which is a movie about a girl who gets adopted into a, a household where they have recently lost a child to miscarriage. And in an attempt to solve that wound, they bring in a uh, adopted daughter who, uh, well, let's just say hijinks ensue. Uh, so we've all seen the movie now. Dylan. Yes. You are the fucking hero who saw the movie prior to today. Yeah. <laughs> you actually knew this movie existed. <laughs> yes, I knew the existence of the orphan. Yeah. I never took this fucking movie seriously. I'll just say it. I'm, I got orphan fever, baby. This is a fucking phenomenal phenomenal film yeah no it's it's a good movie it's great the first one yeah uh i'm gonna say it i'm just gonna give a early review i like the second one more just on sheer fucking <laughs> yes yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more obviously but i'm right. saying it right now before i forget the second one to me is is probably uh is, is somehow my it's, i like it more but the first one as far as someone who was uh boots on the street orphan trooper in the halcyon days of 2009 when this movie first came out like what's your history with this film what's your or was it dv no you know it's one of those uh i'm pretty sure it was like a stars or show time like here's a trial week for your cable <laughs> and i was watching i watched the orphan and i was like oh shit <laughs> like, this is the perfect place it's a good movie, movie. <laughs> yeah i'm at home I'm not scared because there's no little girls other than Possibly my little sister, but no little girls that I don't know what <laughs> running around. Yeah, because Brent and I were saying this is kind of where the era that we have a huge blind spot in for horror, right? Yes. And like, I guess I associate this period with like, you know, this is the Saw era. This <laughs> is a hostile, like both good. This is huge, lengthy franchises. Conjuring, of which the lady from the Orphan is in the Conjuring, right? I believe so. Okay. The first Orphan, right? Um, and so I just lumped this movie in with those, which is very unfair because this is not like torture porn. It doesn't look like a new metal video. It's very much like a psychological 
thriller with like a very intense twist, which by the way, just to put this out there, um, there's no real way to talk about this movie without just spoiling it all. So if you want to just watch a really fucking weird, dark, fucked up uh, 2009 horror movie, push the pause, go watch that, and then you come back and you can hear us uh, talk about it. Because it really is like twist worthy enough to like go into it blind. That's what I was, I was very much so appreciate about this film is that when the twist hits, it, it's earned. You know what I'm saying? They, uh, I, I, I did not see it coming. To your point, I would say that, uh, yeah, I, I don't really regard it as much as a horror movie, as much as like perhaps the Gaslighters Manifesto. Right. You know, like it's just all about just how to break somebody down mentally to the point where they, you know, like where you win. Right. Yeah, especially the, the, the first one, uh, I would say. Justine, you've never heard of this movie before? Uh, of course I have. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all I, have heard of this movie. I, see the poster I art. have had this movie on my to-watch list for forever, but I already knew the twist. So uh, it was never really something so that I So you just were playing a to... fool this whole time. No, I never we said were... anything about it. I mean, I, I I believe I said that I knew what it was, oh, like what the, it what was. Oh, what the story was based on? Yeah, right? like I've, I've known the twist the whole time, which is partially why I never felt like it was an urgent watch, because right. I'm like, well, it's going to be ruined anyway. So, yeah. So to lay all of our cards on the table here, uh, the, sto- the, the plot is... They adopt this little girl, right? And I'm thinking problem child the whole time. I'm basically expecting Gilbert Gottfried to pop out and, <laughs> you know, uh, fucking bad to the bone to start playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm expecting, the, like, obviously it's a horror movie. The little girl is going to run rampant and ruin these people's lives. But um, what I don't expect is uh, just how fucking, like, really dark and fucked up it goes. First, she decides that she doesn't like the mom and she takes out the son and she isolates herself with the father. And then she puts the moves on the father. And the mom's like all distraught because her kid's in the hospital. Everyone thinks she's crazy because she knows that this little girl is a fucking devil child, right? And she's dressed like she puts on like sexy clothes and starts like fucking around with the dad. And to which, you know, to Peter Sarsgaard's credit, he's not, he's like, whoa, 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 no, no, thank you. But while this is happening and you, the viewer, are just like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> it is revealed through the mother's uh, due diligence that it's actually a grown ass woman. It is a. Uh, like, been 33 at the time. She would have been 33 moment. at the time of Orphan Part One. And, um, you know, she's not a she's not an escaped Russian orphan. She's a fucking escaped Russian mental patient. No, Estonia. Estonia. Uh, Estonian mental patient, a crazy person. She claimed Russia to throw people yeah. off the scent. Yeah, is, is where she the had like is, yeah. passports and she had papers from Russia, which I'm sure you can buy. So. Right. Very, very easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're, you're along for the ride that this is a little girl that's a devil child. And I guess the twist is that she's actually a, a, a grown ass woman. A devil woman. A devil woman. <laughs> and that, uh, which I guess it makes the level of comfort of which the director uh jaume coyette sarah um (laughs) he is super comfortable portraying this very sexualized version of what is you know on screen canonically a a, like a 12 year old girl but um it's fine i guess or less icky if you know that she's actually a grown woman woman Mm -hmm. in the in in the in the film and she's like horny for the guy she has like naked drawings of him and shit it's wild and it really like the to the the filmmaker's credit like effectively gets you creeped out by all of it and the twist 100 percent lands you know somehow like this movie from you know 
13 years ago now, just remaining in a bubble for me to just burst and have splash all over my face uh, in current year is like amazing. It'd be like watching Sixth Sense in current year and like just being like, what's this? I've heard about this and just not knowing anything that's going to happen. And boom, Bruce Willis is dead in the end. You're like, what the fuck? Spoilers. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy to have this uh, uh, land. I feel, I'm going to say it, Dylan, again, I know you're, a, you're, you're an orphan soldier, a veteran of the orphan wars. Um, but as a fresh cut myself, I really, uh, I really appreciated getting to have this experience in current year. And you know what? I'm glad I walked in on that. That was <laughs> for everyone listening. Uh, I walked in like right before, like she was sedu- like trying to seduce the dad. And I just hear Colin screaming from outside <laughs> <laughs> like that. He's just yelling. Like, what the fuck? I was is astonished. Happening? It totally hit me. And I was like, oh, they're watching Orphan. But I was like, where are they? And then I walk in. I'm like, oh, they're on the couch. Fuck, it's happening. The best part is finally happening. Brent, back me up here. This was a fucked up experience. It's fantastic. I um, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of background. Um, we originally thought we might see Beast tonight, which right. you know, which is also premiering. Um, but the premise of that seemed to be too much like the movie Fall, which we had just seen. Yeah. And I was like, guys, need a break. Let's let's. I can't, I, I I can't endure this much endurance. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, we need to do Orphan. And uh, so yeah, Colin said, "All right, well, we gotta watch the first one then." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, rolled over and uh, started watching that. I, I I thought you know like hey you know like I, I always have hope when I go into a movie that's gonna be great. But uh, this I thought I knew the parameters and I just absolutely didn't. I was very prejudiced toward it because of the era in which it was made. Right. Right. And uh, man, I was completely surprised and and just absolutely just thrilled. That they were going as far as they did. I always yeah. love that. Like like Crimes of the Future, when we saw that. They right. went far. I love that. And to know that that was done, you know, 13 years ago. Yeah. And it was off my radar completely. And, you know, to have the hubris to think that, you know, if it's good, I'll hear about right, it. Right, yeah, right, Yeah, yeah, Well, I just wasn't talking to the right people <laughs> is what it turns out to be. Because, yeah, I think you expect, because it's like the hostile era, you expect the yeah. gore, you expect, you know, CGI splattering at the screen mm. and all that. You don't expect how goddamn horny it is. This is a horny, super lascivious, horny. grimy-ass movie. So just seeing you knew what the twist mm-hmm. and thus probably thought very little of us for not see- getting it. <laughs> I honestly, I thought everybody knew that. It's also kind of like you want to see how they're gonna, how they're gonna find out, you yeah. know. So it, there's still some like, I don't know, discovery to right. be to be had. But you were talking about how the, they had a lot of trust in like the the creatives behind the movie. Um, there's a scene where she's like punching the bathroom stall, yeah. and I'm like, they had a lot of trust in that. The actor who plays the little girl. Isabel Furman. Yeah, I mean, she was 12 and she was doing that first one. That's impressive. Yeah. She was being real creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy little creep. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself, but bang this bathroom up. Yeah. Yeah. Go wild. I didn't. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't feel any reins being pulled on this movie in any capacity. And I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is based on a real story, loosely based. So in the first one, uh, you had a 33-year-old Czech criminal that uh, posed as a 13-year-old named Adam. Her name was uh, Bar- Barbora Skralova. And yeah, she came over and, and it just was able to kind of like, yeah, float under the radar for a while as a 33-year-old woman you know, posing as a, as a yeah. young boy. But I think the story was the impetus for the movie. Just right. like, wow, what if, dot, dot, dot. However, afterward, you know, like you could say that this is potentially a copycat thing. In Indiana, they found 
somebody that suffered from extreme dwarfism uh, posing as a six-year-old <laughs> that had seen the movie and, right. and started you know, and, and you know launched a whole plot to go live just just wanted to live rent free with yeah. a family <laughs> but began to violently threaten the the family <laughs> and that's how they kind of started to figure out hey maybe this isn't a six-year-old you know from uh, the that's Ukraine amazing so, vocabulary yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vocabulary yeah. it's a it's a kind of a horrifying premise it's sort of um something that's weirdly relatable and that's where the horror comes from the idea of inviting in a stranger into your home and it's just they have the worst <laughs> intentions for you you know i think that makes the the horror element uh so effective you know yes but i was thinking the whole time i couldn't remember what the good son was about exactly but it's kind of like this where the kids know that something is wrong right. but they can't say anything because they're afraid of the the bad one. I think it's similar. That's Macaulay Culkin kills a kid, right? Right. You know, I think this was a premise that my my mother would talk about uh, <laughs> Eddie Haskell as like a uh, like a person, like oh that guy's a real Eddie Haskell. You know, yeah. I feel like this has uh, fallen out of the common vernacular, but it was based on a character from leave it to beaver who was like very two-faced right yeah. so like the parents are around he's like oh hey mr and mrs uh beaver uh i'm a good kid and then they would leave and they're like and he's like let's smoke cigarettes <laughs> yeah. or whatever you know and so i think the good son was like more of a two-faced thing mm -hmm. i don't think this movie really plays in that direction no yeah. but but it is a cool device a parent or an adult would be scared if a kid was more sentient. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like more diabolical. Knows more than they should know. Yeah. Um, do you recall like what age you might have been when you started to have your first dark thought that might terrify an adult? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dylan, have you ever had a dark thought? Dark thought? Ever? Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, never well, a dark when thought. when you get one. Let when will I get one? No, if you ever get one. Yes. Let us know. We'll let you know how we react to it. I'll let you know. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Maybe in 30 plus years from now. I get a dark thought. I write a film. <laughs> That's, it, That's the first thing you should do. Don't tell us. Yeah. Immediately start writing. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that people die? <laughs> not fucked up? You know, I think dead ass. Yeah, dead ass. Be dead ass right now, Dylan. Um, this is going to explain so much to some of you guys right now. When I was like six, uh, Final Destination came out. Yes. And my friend had like a copy on his like VHS, you know. We put it on. I was like, yo, fuck this. Because it opens with the plane crash. Right, yeah. right. And ever since then, it never, I never felt sick. I go on planes, but I, I only oh, think yeah. of that. And yeah, I, I never, I can never outgrow that. I have so the same I have, feeling my about uh, being in a car behind like a truck that has oh. like wood or like. Is it based on Final all the time? Final Destination I Two. I assume because yeah. I don't know when I would have been exposed to that otherwise, but it's like in my brain. It's the second one. It's the fucking. It's, everyone has that fear on that one. I think I was like declared myself an atheist in like fourth grade. Uh huh. For, Absolutely. For no good reason. Yeah. But yeah. Really early on, like forcing conversations about atheism with people it's like yes. in elementary school that i'm sure that in terms of like dark thoughts that uh perplexed older people that was probably that could have probably been it yeah literally in your you are in fourth grade Shut go up. run a mile yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing no? the rope idiot <laughs> yeah Hot. So okay, the stage is set. We have a uh, we have orphan fever. We are caught up, and my my hesitation in going into the second movie 
which is the real movie we saw in the theaters today, Orphan First Kill, uh, was like, okay, well, how are they going? The hell are they going to do this? Because this first one, it's all about the twist. The second one, we already know. Also, for me, that the stakes were just so low because I'm like, well, you know, she's going to not, she's going to live. Yeah. yeah. She goes on to the second movie, and how- they tell you what happened to her previous families in the in the first movie, right? And so going into this movie, they're like, well, we know the house gets burned down. <laughs> yeah. That's not how they, how exciting are they going to be? And these are the thoughts that just stuck in my mind as we got to the theater. And uh, Dylan, why don't you set the stage for the cinema in which we uh, watch this film? We go up. We were a little late. Not super late. In our theaters, uh, there's assigned seating. But it's fine sometimes. Who cares? Go up. Someone's on our seats. Whatever. <laughs> we're going to go above them. Be better than that. Maybe they mistaked our road right, there. Right, right. We literally took the high road. Yeah, yeah we legitimately <laughs> took And it was better. I will admit, it was probably better for the best. Before you go on, I'll just interject that uh, well, this is the, the dog days of summer we're in right now. And everyone loves to say, oh, you go to the theater. <laughs> so even if the movie's <laughs> bad, at least, you know, the AC is pumping. It's a good time. That was not the case in this instance. <laughs> oh, no. you, you walked in, it was hotter than outside. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> and it smelled bad in the hallway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, we're... We're sweating. We're going up. Right. What do we see on our row? <laughs> Babies, <laughs> children, a mom and her friend with three children, one of them being like a newborn. This is a 9.45 p.m. showing on a Thursday night. Of a rated R film about an orphan <laughs> that is trying men. to yeah, who's trying to seduce dads. A dad fucking orphan. Very hard R. For sure. Yeah, and like let's let's not kid. The kid is killing people too. So if anything, it's also a bad influence <laughs> if the kids are actually watching it. Like, yeah, children, you can bang this dude's head on the wall and he will die. You win. The kids, you know, at some point they're watching the movie and they're like, I'm gonna go to my tablet. And one of them just jacks up the volume and watches a full movie next to me while the actual movie's on. Yeah. But you know what? Like it's funny because the, the people in front of us, they kept looking back. Meanwhile, I'm just kind of like laughing on the inside because much like that movie Escape Room that we went to go right, see. Right, right. Like, it adds to the environment yeah. when you have like a little bit of chaos, you have a little bit of grime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this is not like, um, you know, high art. Uh, a sequel to a movie that was directed by the guy who did Jungle Cruise and House of Wax. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I've got a, like a little like Manchi Chi next to me just like <laughs> pounding on an iPad and throwing it on the ground left and right. And you know what? It was beautiful. I would not I would not change a single thing about no, that experience. It was, it was, like was... I like that the people that I wanted to get mad got mad and I like that a woman started breastfeeding in the middle of the fucking movie. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was trying so hard not to laugh like face in my hat just laughing like just like oh my god please don't let them know the first like 10 minutes like i think it's when the the she's doing her literal first kill of the film one of the kids was like jumping and stomping oh, yeah. for like five seconds yes and i was like oh my god this is gonna be amazing yeah i was like and you know what's funny i think this is heightened up just because we've been watching films with literally nobody in the theater yeah this is the most packed theater yeah. we've yeah, and so we're finally in a theater with people in it, and it was like our like a legit like a surrounding of a theater. My my question also going in was like, is who the fuck cares about this movie? And the answer was everyone who was in the theater with us uh, uh, watching it. And yeah, it's a movie that was basically like this is streaming fodder, right? Like this is just 
grist for the mill of Paramount Plus so they can say they have a new movie and something vaguely familiar, I guess. Probably. Um, but they really stuck to the lore. And like having yeah. watched the first movie about 20 minutes before <laughs> watching <laughs> the new installment, it was like, yeah, they fucking stuck to the lore to the teeth. You could fact check all this shit, like the Sorry. timeline, yeah. the years, the ages, like it all uh, sticks. See, this is very much so for fans of the first movie. Would probably stand on its own, though, they could have done a cop out and just been like basically the like put the template of the first movie into this one right where it's like family adopts a girl girl turns out to be a grown-up burns the house down right and it's attached to the first one and it's fine but no they use the same actress isabel Furman, now 25 years old or in the first one she's 12 years old now she's 25 years old still works in the same way to the point where you can buy that she's a an adult and would buy that people believe that she's also a little girl. But how do they twist it? Well, they, they let you know right out the gate. No, this is this is a grown-ass woman. She's fucked up. She's weaseling her way into America to get adopted by a family that had uh, just lost one of their kids. So it was a mother, a father, and a son. And the daughter had been missing. So this girl is like, hey, that girl that's been missing for four years, it's me. I'm back. And they're like, yes, we love you. We take you in. And, you know, of course, you know, the cynical mind, you're like, but they believe that's her. It's like, she doesn't really know all the facts. It's You're sort of accepting at this point in the film that the family is so bereaved over the daughter that they're just like overlooking all these clear flaws. The twist, they, they fuck you up because it's like, no, they knew this whole fucking time. The son killed the daughter on accident. The son's a little prick in this fucking movie. He does a good Gunner. job being a little prick. His name's fucking Gunner. He's <laughs> set in Connecticut. Do the fucking math. And the mom, like, covered up the death. So the mom and the son, no, but the dad is just so stoked to have their daughter back, you know? So it's like, instead of the fucking orphan weaseling her way to the inside of the family, like the first one, the predator is now the prey. The whole dynamic of the movie just pivots radically, and it's... Uh, just a fucking wild scene, man. Yeah, as soon as the orphan and then the mother kill the cop, you feel this tonal shift happen in the movie. And you're like, oh, is this where it just falls off completely? Because you're right. like, I thought the cop was a family friend, you know? No, the, the mother just like breaks character and you go, okay, this is going somewhere <laughs> cool. And yeah. it gets really exciting. And then it keeps that intensity throughout. And the detective, another Star Trek guy. Yeah. He's a Star Trek Discovery. I don't really know Julia Stiles from anything, but I know what kind of actress she is. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of boring and kind of weird to see her in this like an older mother character. And then she gets to be a totally different character afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's doing great. (laughs) This is a great job. And it's it's awful. It's a brilliant pathos because that is like a really fucked mentality. And they do such a good job of portraying these fucking uh, this Connecticut family. It's just such trash people. That you're rooting for the fucking killer, the psycho orphan girl. <laughs> Coming in, knowing everything. Like, I'm like, yo, I can't believe we're cheering for the person that you're going to hate or like you're going to be scared of in the next or like the first film. Why are we cheering for her? We know what's going to happen. She's going to push kids off slides and yeah, in all the this ti- shit. In the timeline of this film, about six months after the events of this 
take place, let's just say a grown adult woman is like threatening a deaf child and like, you know, really terrorizing this <laughs> this household of, you know, the first orphan movie. But you're just like really rooting for her. I wouldn't say she becomes a protagonist. This is an everyone is terrible movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't rooting for her. I just love, like, they're evenly matched. (laughs) And and so, like, there's like, why don't you drink this smoothie? No, I'm not hungry. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're poisoning each other in the middle of it or trying to poison each other. Yeah. Now the mom has to keep her secret, her original secret, of how, you know, she covered up the death of her daughter. And the uh, orphan has to keep her secret of being an adult woman pretending to be a fucking chief. It became murder chess. Yeah. yeah. I also like how just how snappy everybody got once they could like drop their mask. Yeah. You know, just like mutant grifter. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> they called that Julia Stiles of, uh, what's it? What's her dancing movie? Save. Save the Last Dance. Yeah. She is the mom in this movie. She calls her a psycho dwarf. It is so fucked. <laughs> it's really funny, too. Yeah, all the t- every time the mom just calls out the orphan for what she is, it is fucking ruthless, man. And it connects in uh, such a big way. A generic horror movie for the masses, I think is how this movie masquerades itself. But it's like, it has that real dark griminess to it. Yeah, like a criticism we've had of movies we haven't liked is like, We've said, well, look, none of the characters ma- characters made us care. We never related with any of the characters, and that was a flaw of it. This one, yeah, you're right. Everybody's despicable, yeah. but they suck you in. They, you have to watch it. Like They're so compelling. The family wants to uphold their image. The orphan wants to just fucking be a little psycho grifter, and everyone has a, a, an angle they're working. And you understand why they would want that to work that angle. So I guess the belief, there's a believability there. and that They made it make you, sense. Yeah, even though, yeah. again, no one's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they made it make sense, except for the part, like we were saying, what does she want? You have everything here. The house is beautiful. Okay. To, yeah, let's know. get into that. Okay, because, yeah, like watching the first one and the sec- second one, we just kept commenting, what is the actual end game? Yeah. You were, like, was both uh, houses that she was living in were palatial everything is taken care of. It was just kind of like, well, what else is there? She could have everything. Like, they're really wealthy. She could go to a good school. Like, right. I don't know. Is I that what you want to do? You want to go to want new teeth? school you can get and them. be normal? <laughs> yeah, you can get new teeth. And so it's like, okay, well, no, she's just going to kill everyone and think that the dad is going to... Well, I guess it's romance. She wants the Yeah, that's the, the kind of like, I guess that's what you have to take away from it, right? That's where you get to see like, oh, no, she's she's... Not well. But the second one, she was out the door until she saw old Dreamboat painting yeah, in the night. Then, but then that was her fault because she was, was like, oh, no, I want him. Greed. And then she went back. Well, and- I'll tell you this, like the borderline supernatural element. Bro, you could tell me anything about fucking Eastern Europe and their mindset and their like value of human life. Yeah. And I will believe it. I am just like, yeah, yeah, that sounds, I'll, I'll buy it. Have you seen that online account, uh, Look at This Russian? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Just look at yeah, that. Yeah, you tell me this is like a, a, a little girl from New Jersey, I'm, I'm skeptical. You tell me it's a fucking Eastern Europe, I'm like, yeah. You can look into the continuity and it's great. Don't look too much into the like realism of it. Yeah. Like, obviously, they would do a blood test on this yeah. girl, it's, you know? If they're bringing a child from Russia, you know, like, there, there's a lot that goes into true. that. Yeah, immigration. Yeah. And immunization. And it's and, like, well, this is our yeah. daughter. Well, you have to prove that. That this is your daughter, you know, to get her to come over. Oh, she flew private. 
<laughs> they did fly. <laughs> they did fly on a private jet. What was her job? The uh, Julia Stiles character. She just doing galas. Yeah, all that. All that they said. Uh, was... She was a professional Connecticut resident. Uh, that's right. Oh, yeah, explains everything. We're good. <laughs> and the dad was an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And who hadn't worked since the, her daughter was missing? But whatever. Whatever. Now he's back. Yeah. Or was. Go with it. Yeah. Like you can have you can have fun doing those just rich people horror. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the other that's the other magical surreal uh, shit. You can make me believe anything. I'll just be like, "Hey, these rich people, here's what they do." I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I bet they do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did like how they um, they linked uh, the graphics, like the yes. 2009 era graphics, back to this particular character, and you know, so like it, there was continuity that you didn't even need to have. Yeah. But they're like, "Hey, you know what? We care. We love this franchise. We're gonna fucking link it all up." It's a love letter to a movie that I swear to God, no one remembers or is like holding them to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have not met the orphan community that's just like, "Yo, they fuck this up. If they don't bring in." The fucking black, the fluorescent lights <laughs> yeah. that remind me of uh, the bad guys in um, in uh, Batman and Robin, Coolio's motorcycle. Oh, yeah, if they cool. don't bring that shit in, I'm fucking out. So wrapping it up, we're we're closing up shop at the orphanage here. Uh, Orphan one, are we adopting it or are we uh, letting it sit in the orphanage in lieu of a mouse? Are we adopting Stuart Little, Little or are we adopting the orphan? Me personally, I'm gonna adopt that orphan. Whatever uh, happens, happens. Is, Don't uh, worry about our age. You're saying Orphan 1. Does that mean Orphan 2009 or Orphan the first Orphan one? 2009, <laughs> directed by Jaume Coyette Sarah of uh, Jungle Cruise and House of, of Wax fame. Uh, are we adopting or are we uh, taking Stuart Little instead? I'll say adopt a 33-year-old. Yeah, why, why not? not right? <laughs> Brent? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would... I, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's essential. <laughs> this is the great, the best new franchise. I know. I didn't know this gem was just sitting here. Dylan, are we ad- we adopting or are we uh, orphan just, one? Orphan, orphan, two thousand nine, directed by Jaume Coyette Sarah of House of Wax and Jungle Cruise fame. Um, if I have to put orphan, if I have to put Esther next to uh, Stuart, uh, yeah, Stuart Little, yeah, the mouse, it's both. Oh, you're taking both. Yeah, ones? I'll take the orphan and give me Stuart Little. Fuck it, dude. Either Stuart way, Little's the, badass either. and. Yes. Esther's cool. Okay. I'll let her fuck my husband. <laughs> Why not? She's 33. Just be up front like in this one, in the second Just one. Just be for real about it. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, as far as Orphan First Kill, the second Orphan movie, directed by William Brent Bell of Separation, The Boy, and Devil Inside fame. You know one's seen any of these movies, right? The Devil Inside. Devil Inside, yeah. Devil Inside? I know the NXS song, but that's about it. Um, it's based in, off that song. So, in conclusion, for Orphan uh, First Kill, the second Orphan movie, directed by William Brent Bell of Separation, The Boy, and Devil Inside fame, co-starring Julia Stiles of Save the Last Dance fame, are we uh, allowing its immigration papers into our country? <laughs> or are we making it stay in Estonia? Me, I am welcoming Orphan First Kill, the second orphan movie directed by William Brent Bell, right into the country. That you get a, you're you're in. Yeah. Congrats. Full yeah. citizenship. <laughs> I say um let it come along as long as it brings a cute little rat. Mm. Oh yeah, that was shout out to the cute little rat in this yeah, movie. Great rat. Yeah, bad it was bad representation. Yeah, rats, inaccurate listen, representation. If you guys see a little rat living in your great it's not going to fuck with you. It's going to hide. It's probably going to die in the wall. It'll be a stink. You're not going to know why. It's because that rat 
is so opposed to being around people that it will hide forever. It's not going to come out and eat your mac and cheese. <laughs> Brent, emigrate or um, stay in Estonia. Please, sir, may I have another <laughs> installment of the orphan? <laughs> D- Dylan, gruel or cool? Oh, dude, this is fucking cool, bro. <laughs> I would like to see what they would do. I don't think they could do anything. Yeah, <laughs> if, if she goes straight to that other family, she lives. She she dig, she swims out of the lake. I guess you could see like w- what she's like as a child. You go back further. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like make it a reverse franchise. Like just keep going back younger <laughs> and younger while the actress gets older and older. Yes. Oh, that looked bad, by the way. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it looked really bad. <laughs> Brent, hit us with some news. All right. Well, the Will Smith slap lives on. (laughs) Zoe Kravitz recently spoke with the Wall Street Journal about her deep regrets and expressing a public take on it. Uh, If you don't recall, which I don't, I just saw the news story, uh, her original Instagram post was a photo of her at the Oscars with the caption, here's a picture of my dress at the show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now. This drew backlash online with people quickly accusing her of being a child predator for once walking the red carpet as a 26-year-old with a 16-year-old Jaden Smith, where she jokingly proclaimed him her date for the evening and the love of her life. This is timely giving uh, yeah. the orphan. Um, so she spoke with the Wall Street Journal. She says, It's a scary time to have an opinion or to say the wrong thing or to make controversial art or statements or thoughts or anything. It's mostly scary because art is about conversation. That should, in my opinion, always be the point. The internet is the opposite of conversation. The internet is people putting things out and not taking anything in. I was reminded that I'm an artist. Being an artist is not about everybody loving you or everyone thinking you're hot. It's about expressing something that will hopefully spark a conversation or inspire people to make them feel seen. I think I'm in a place now where I don't want to express myself through a caption or a tweet. I want to express myself through art. You know, I'm going to say it. Zoe Kravitz speaks in the manner of someone who is not often told to shut the fuck up in life. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's been the reaction to I think her. If you, if you grow up, uh, you know, just getting shit on in the you know schoolyards of Escondido, maybe you're not as uh, verbose. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I don't understand what she's saying. So she said something. Oh, that's because she's her saying caption. nothing. Yeah, and then she's so she said something, and then she said it's a scary time to have an opinion. I'm an artist, so I'm gonna. Show my opinion instead of ca- writing captions. I don't know what she's saying. Do art and not have like social media because it doesn't seem like it's that. You know, she's not going to be able to live without having social media. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of person thrives on uh, people's eyes being on her. So, yeah, what's the point of her? What's the point of her talking? About yeah, maybe it comes it? down to that she actually fell for it because, like, I think like it's very easy to troll people online. And again, this fits in with the movie. It's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. So they said, you know, because it was very clear that she wasn't having a sexual relationship oh, with yeah. Will Smith's son. You know what I mean? It's just their buds. It's a platonic thing on the red carpet. They you were can joking. Take anyone around. you want on the red carpet. Yeah, it's <laughs> a joke, right? But then, you know, the internet said, "All right." She's touchy. Let's see what we can do here. And she fell for it. That's why she sat down with a reporter for the Wall Street Journal and laid out all this nonsense. Yeah. I mean, that's also their fault. 
just ignore her Wall Street Journal. Well, they want <laughs> gotta sell some. Yeah, clicks. I know. Some clicks, bro. Yeah. People um, don't well, care about Wall Street that much. Let me tell you who's uh, who's making great art right now is uh, Robert Crumb. You know, he still draws. And, like, <laughs> is an amazing artist. Yes, still and doesn't literally does not have a cell phone. Has an Instagram account that someone handles and you know posts these drawings of. So anyone, and by the way, also just a mega creep who you know. No one would ever let this happen nowadays. No, he makes art nowadays. He does whatever he wants because he's good. And uh, so anytime I hear fetching about, you can't say anything now. Everyone's so sensitive. You can do all this shit. You can do anything you want. It's fine. It's just you can't also have everyone pat you on the head all the time. If you're comfortable not being pat on the head, you can say anything the fuck you want. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're just not always going to get you know, a big hug from everyone. If you want to have a hot take, yeah, people are going to shit on you. But guess what? If you want to be an artist, you can also just make art and be Robert Crumb and fucking do good, great sketches and live a happy life. It's yeah. not that serious. Uh, now that uh, Zoe has come out as an artist, I looked into what her next <laughs> creation is going to be. Her next project is actually going to be her directorial debut. And it's a feature called Pussy Island, starring <laughs> Naomi Aki and Channing Tatum. So there you go. Maybe, oh, yes. maybe she's going to go off the grid for a little bit and make yeah. this uh, this masterpiece. <laughs> I really need to lean into my art. I don't have time for this social media. I, do, I really need to focus. On Pussy Island. Yeah. What was that uh, movie with the Saturday Night Live guy? Was that Fire Island? Yeah, isn't it called Fire Island? I think it's called Fire Island. Okay. Anyways, put a bunch of horny people on an island. Eh, Good track record of making a good movie. But they're gay. That's like the big thing about yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's not as interesting if they're straight. Yeah. Well, it's Pussy Island. Maybe they're all, maybe oh, they're gay too. There you go. So then she's just go. a hack. <laughs> just a, yeah, Fire Island walk so Pussy Island could run. I yeah. believe it. Brent, what else do you got for us? Well, I have a question for Dylan. Dylan, what is the greatest horror franchise of all time? It's hmm, a good one. You know, there's classics like Friday the 13th, you know. Okay. There's, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy. Okay. He's he's a good one. People say that. Some people yeah. could say Hellraiser. Yep. <sighs> that one's good. What are we going for? If, if we're Dylan, but if you're I me, I feel like we've yeah. named a lot of franchises. I named right every now. single franchise, just right. Now. Every so single one. But I feel yeah. like there's some missing. Yeah, I'll keep going. There's okay. Conjuring. Right. There's Insidious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the uh, Paranormal Activities. Right. That one's good. Hey, I mean, Dylan, uh, why don't we cut the shit and you tell me uh, what the greatest horror franchise is in your opinion? All right, let's see. Well, there's also Hostel. Okay. There's King Kongs. Uh-huh. There's Godzilla if you want to count. What them. house are we in right now? Because I'm not hearing the word. Hold on. Hold no. on. I'm okay. getting there. We're getting, getting there. there. Okay. I'm just, I'm just naming. It's a sizzle on the steak. There's the uh, Puppet Master. There's the Bong, ma- Evil Bong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crowd Ginger Dead Man. Yes, of course. Gary Busey. Um, Sleepaway Camp. That, that's not a franchise, though. Gar- Those are franchises. Ginger Dead Man has more than one. Installment. Yeah, there's there's like Gingerbread Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you got Predator. You got Aliens. It's more of a crossover than a franchise. Yeah, though. but I think yeah. there's multiple. Those Dark Moon films, or whatever they're called, has a lot. Yeah, in all fairness, well, well to do wasp New Englanders don't care about human life. Eastern Europeans don't care about human life. Full Moon Productions don't give a fuck about if you've had enough of their movies. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell me there's six each Ginger Dead Man's if you say Full Moon's <laughs> attached to it. I'm like, yeah, all right. Anyway, well, let so, me uh, let me rephrase the question. Well, then. No, I'll answer your question right now. All right, Poltergeist. There's also the Poltergeist movies. Texas there's also, Massacre. There's also uh, the the Exorcism movies. Chucky. But Chucky's, of course. Chucky's. Yeah, there's some Chucky's. Plural. Anyway, um, I would have to say. 
Saw. Correct. Which now has a release date date for the tenth installment. It'll Woo! be October twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Oh, next uh, gentleman by the name of Kevin Grudert will direct. He previously did Saw Six and Saw the Final Chapter. He yeah. was also or one of the editors on the first five films in the franchise and Jigsaw. Fine. Producers recently stated they've been listening to fans and that the decision to go with Grudert was because Saw 6 is truly a fan favorite. They also claim to be listening to what the fans want to see in this next installment. So as a Saw aficionado, Dylan, what would you like to see next? I'd like to see Jigsaw come back. Uh, obviously, he's been dead since Saw 3, <laughs> but just living on through memories from Saw 4 till on. Which was a... Uh, uh... Yeah, no, Jigsaw is like the twist there is that it takes place before the first Saw, Saw movie. Yeah. Okay. But he's like old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like really old. So it did an orphan too. Yeah, he's like 10, 15 years older. <laughs> anyway, but in Spiral, he's not in. He's just no. in a picture. And they're like, who's this copycat man? But what are the big points of Saw 6? Do you agree that that's the... That's 3D, right? Yeah. Okay. I believe. That's I would, one, I would right? say that's my favorite. Is that the one where the... Uh, Girl is in a glass box with the two guys, and they're in a love triangle with her. Where yeah, she that's gets, where it opens where she gets up. Sawed in. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where she gets sawed. <laughs> that's saw, and that is that is Saw 3D, aka Saw Six out yeah. of nine movies. Yes, so I, I'm I'm excited. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I liked I his movies because, like, I'm pretty sure Five is the one where like the screen transitions are like. A woman gets thrown through a mirror, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to the. It's like the mirror leads to the uh, police office. So it's like, if it's anything like that, that's cool. Five is the one where they're a group, right? Saw Five is the group. So I feel like Saw Five is possibly the most grounded of the movies in the sense of like, you know, it's a, each room is a different trap. Each time someone gets eliminated, in the end, there's a really good twist. Yeah. I kind of wish that's what every Saw movie was instead of like leaning on the lore. Which installment of it all. was the final chapter? Was that eight? I think that was Saw 7, aka Saw okay. the Final Chapter, oh. aka Saw 7, so seven out of 9. Se- so he did back to back Saw 6 and Saw 7? Yeah, and yeah. then after and Saw then 7, it's Jigsaw after Jigsaw. So he did spiral. a three in a row run. Or, yeah, the trilogy. But yeah, he got trilogy. promoted, right? You said he did like editing, editing. Yeah. and yeah. then editing on the co writing or direct? No, just editing on, on the first five. Mm-hmm. Then on six, promoted to director. Mm-hmm. And then apparently the next two. Dylan, I got a pleb to your take for you. You yes, ready for this? Go on. Uh, I think Tobin Bell is the best part of the Saw franchise. Of course. And I think that they absolutely shot themselves in the foot by killing him in the third movie and coming up with these absurd ways to cram him into the films. (laughs) Make him be alive and make him set up traps and make him teach people lessons for eternity. Just one of the few like iconic horror characters slash actors, you know? I get it. Of the current era. And it's like... Goofy fucking backflips and logic they have to do to explain and justify putting in the main guy you want to see in a Saw movie in a Saw movie. It's <laughs> insane. It's like, how can you fit him in this? <laughs> Those fucking movies are so good. Why? I, I can't wait for Halloween. <laughs> All right. So. But I, I just want Jigsaw Puppet. Right. I want Jigsaw. I want the girl from Saw 2 and 3 and 1. Yeah. Amanda. That's what. That's her name. I want Amanda to come back. Reprise a role. I want the uh, the main guy that takes over from Jigsaw from four on. That to gross come back. guy, the worst part of the franchise. Yeah, I want that guy to come back and just like they're dead, obviously, <laughs> but like I want him to come back. <laughs> and I want closure from Saw 3D on who's the two pigmen that grabbed that guy. <laughs> 
I want to know if the guys from the beginning of Saw 3D that had to kill their girlfriend are the pigmen that take the, the detective. <laughs> Sounds like you might already know the answer, Dylan. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> is, it, is that the plot? Uh, no. Oh, uh, damn it. But is it always a good idea to get ideas and opinions from the internet in formulating a new venture? In Saw fans? Yeah. Yes. I, I follow the horrible some, idea? I follow some Saw people on Twitter, uh-huh. and like they have the funniest takes. Cause it's like, let's make uh, Detective Ryan... Kawaii. That is literally the Twitter Saw fandom that I follow, and it's awesome. <laughs> I want that. I want that energy. I want it to be stupid. I want those kids to give uh, Lionsgate. I want them to tell Lionsgate, like, what's up? I'll, I'll turn this one back at you, Brent. Is there anything the internet could come up with to do with the Saw franchise that's dumber than what the Saw franchise has done with the Saw franchise. There is always, there's never a bottom, my friend. That's why I'm stoked on the director. Because if you yeah. can make it like Saw 5 or 4, if you can make it like Saw 4 again, of just the worst, the funniest transitions, I'd be stoked. I'd be really happy. Crazy elaborate. Would test. you be down for it to be in space? Saw in space? Yeah. Ooh, Jason X style? That's a perfect setup. You do fucking uh, the SpaceX shit with the... Fucking, you know, where all the yuppies go up in space, right? Uh, yes! And then it gets hijacked. The fucking screen comes on. Hey, guys, you want to play a hey game guys. in space? And I mean, I guess it's, I mean, hacky. You know, I'm freeballing here, though. Cut me some slack. Uh, Tobin Bell is alive as an AI, and he's a hologram. <laughs> yes, sir. And, uh, you know, so that way you can have the actual actor Tobin Bell. He's really fucking compelling in these films. So you get to have him have an excuse of him being an actor, be alive. You don't have to retrofit it with any bullshit. He's just a fucking hologram in space, yeah, running off of an algorithm to come up with the best uh, fucking traps to teach these dude. billionaires their lessons. Fuck. Oh, so dude, I would, uh, dude, I would love the space one because it's like it's Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk type. Right. And a yeah. Tobin Bell AI. And it's like they saw to you and Amanda is gonna be played by Grimes. Grimes is all like, Why are we on this ship? I need to get the fuck out of here. But Grimes is really jigsaw. Oh my <laughs> god, that'd be so You wanna know what a fucked up hole you've dug yourself into in life where you can use the phrase saw to you as a verb <laughs> and just assume that everyone knows what you're talking right, about. So saw two. Amanda was part of Jigsaw's team the entire time. It's an amazing story. I'd love to revisit them all, please. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to saw, our Sawdcast, <laughs> our podcast where we just recount the events of Saw. No takes, just Wiki, dry Wikipedia. Just, like in, just in memory. Of how all of these played out, it's almost, it's almost like he's been sitting on them his whole life and just <laughs> ready to ready to burst forth. Dude, at any I, I like I said, I'm not making a joke. It's like Saw and Nightmare on Elm Street are my two favorite, and then Final Destination's like a little behind all of that. Like that's number eight, but it exists. Well, I'm glad that you have genuine excitement for uh, Saw Ten. It's gonna be another year, unfortunately. I know. Sadly, I was hoping that two was at the end of that number. Yeah, I was hoping for your sake. I was hoping as well because I know how much you love the franchise. But figured you'd be psyched on on the director, nonetheless. Justine, what are we watching next? (laughs) Beast with Idris Elba, a lion, and a jungle, and that's it. No, it's like a jungle. It's like Sahara and his kids and some some other guy, and then the the hunters. Yeah, we'll see what goes on with Beast. Flamingos, Um, (laughs) flamingos, or whatever the birds that fly off the water when the when the Aussie guy cranes, right? Whatever. Anyways, Edris Elba versus a bunch of cranes. 
and lion. And Mr. Beast. He definitely punches a lion. In yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, take us out. Hey, guys, it's Dylan. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Regal Movie Masters Unlimited, where we just reviewed Orphan First Kill. The next movie you hear from us will be Beast, featuring Idris Elba and the lion. Do they fight? Fists? Decuffs? Paws? Maybe. We don't fucking know. It looks insane. I'm down to watch it. Anyway, uh, keep an eye out for that one. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Bye.